Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos. I am your host, John Fahey. Joining me, the most unforgivably gorgeous man, Aaron Joseph Pita. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great. I'd love to be forgiven for how gorgeous I am, but uh, <laughs> I don't think you're the least bit sorry, pal. I'm not. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. I do yes. not seek your forgiveness, nor should I. No, mm-hmm. correct. Speaking of unforgivable sexiness, mm-hmm. Matt Brousseau. Matt Brousseau. Please everybody. forgive me. Yes. Uh, so genuine. So, uh, you're not forgiven. Okay. None right. of you well, guys are forgiven. I don't forgive either one of you. Well, I like you guys too much to care. Yes. Yes. Guys, um, we are uh, we're doing a fine job here at the podcast. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more. I think <laughs> uh, we're doing uh, splendid. Yeah, yeah. I like to, to start the podcast off by talking about how great it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did top 100 subscribers to the Patreon. Very, very exciting. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, uh, we are beyond 100 subscribers. We did a Patreon that just got posted that was a little bit more autobiographical. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. That was triggered by one question, I think, and then we all kind of went off. Um, We're easily triggered here at Profiles. (laughs) Yeah, but if you're interested in that sort of thing, please get involved with the Patreon. It's a a big help to us. We really, really love it. Um, Speaking of, uh, once we hit... What number of subscribers? $1,000 a month. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, yeah. what are you going to do? I am going to recreate in excruciating detail. Yes. The Yukio Mashima self-portrait mm-hmm. in wearing nothing wearing nothing but a dish towel. Yes. And a sword. And a sword. Loin cloth. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm going to put that on our Instagram. <laughs> People are going to go nuts. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give them the People nuts. are going to go off. Yeah. It'll be great. They're going to want to commit harikari they or are. seppuku. They are. Out of the sheer visual ecstasy that is my torso. Yeah. yeah who right. yeah. who not, wouldn't pay for that? Who, who in their right mind would not? People are going to be like, is this guy for real with his body right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to answer yes. What? Unsorry. Yes. Not the least bit sorry. I uh, got a uh, message from our friend Chris that uh, submitted all that Airbud bullshit last time. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. And he was requesting that I cover something that uh, last podcast on the left just recently covered, but he wanted me to go. He he didn't think it went in depth enough. And I really fell in love with the story. Um, it was kind of like in a side episode where they did some little side stories. But uh-huh. this this story really, I I got so fucking excited about it. Um, during the Second World War, Aaron... The Soviets declared Poland was, like, no longer a state, um, and they took it over. And in 1939, then when the Germans invaded the Soviet Union, under pressure from the British, the British were kind of housing the Polish government in exile. Huh. Right? And a ton of Poles were sent to the gulags and stuff like that. And the Brits were like, listen, we're all in this against Hitler now, man. you got to fucking come on board, and you got to let Poland be a state after this is all over. These are people that will fight Hitler. Right. They took Poland before you took it. Right. You know? So the Poles f- got out of the gulags and formed an army 
And then we're we're uh, going towards the uh, Middle East, and they kind of were going to like a, a, a ref- refugee camp, but they were going to form an army to fight with the Allies against the Axis, and they had citizens with them as well, and just regular. Uh... Yeah, just, non non military personnel is what you're saying. Yeah, like I mean, it was completely insane. Can you imagine? You're a Polish person. The Nazis come in, then you're in a gulag in Russia, and then the, you find out like, hey, no, it's cool. We're we're gonna let you have your country back, but you need to form an army immediately and start fighting these Nazis. <sighs> okay, well, that, that's motivation for you. But that, like that's like the thing about the Second World War that I love so much about the story is that things just change yeah. so insanely, sure, drastically and fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very fast. So this army heads towards um, where they're they're setting up a, a camp in uh, outside Tehran in Iran. How did they get there? <laughs> they were they were you know armed and you know uh, and and sent to. Uh, they're, they're going to start going towards uh, Italy, but they have to circumvent okay. a lot of the action that's right. going on. Right. And while they're traveling, outside a train station, there's a boy who has this bear cub. And the bear cub, his mother had just been shot by hunters. Uh-huh. And this 18-year-old girl that's a citizen, a Polish citizen traveling with the company... She is, like, in love with the cub. And immediately, <laughs> immediately they're like, the cub's coming with us, right? <laughs> so they go to this camp outside Tehran, and for three months, they're taking care of this bear cub. Okay. And they're also getting ready to eventually go to Italy to fight the Nazis and, you know, Mussolini's army and all that shit. And the bear is, like, very, very fragile. It's a cub. It's cub. And it's having a hard time swallowing and stuff like that. So they're giving it condensed milk out of an old vodka bottle. Hell yeah. Right? But the bear is kind of, like, getting better. And it starts eating fruit. Good. Uh, marmalade. Oh. oh. Honey. Sure. And uh, it starts getting rewarded. For things it does with beer. And uh, beer, uh, piss beer, Aaron, becomes pit, the bear's favorite drink. Piss beer? Yes, the bear loves beer. And then... Is it a bear? Yes. And it also starts smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, like this. You know, the soldiers, like, are, are going to take the bear with them. Like, it's become, like, a weird unofficial mascot right. of the crew. I wish they, sh- they should have, tried, like, you know, taught it to, like, fire a rifle or right, something. Right, right. Or... You need to start with cigarettes and, and yeah. booze. And... Yeah, that's how they start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this this army was composed of, of, like I said, Polish exiles, including uh, Menachem Begin, who was the future prime minister of Israel. And he was, you know, um, part of, uh, like, an insurrectionist, basically terrorist group that was overthrowing the British in Palestine to, you know, get Israel established as a nation. He's he's part of this Shit. group that also has a bear in its company. Yes. And so they're, they're, they need to get onto a British ship to transport to Italy to fight this battle of uh, Monte Cassino, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And they realize the only way to really get the bear is to enlist it and, like, get it, like, dog tags. Yeah, yes. Wages. 
Yeah, like a, it's got a position. A, it's got a serial number. It's enlisted as a private. Yeah, there's rules to war. You can't yeah. just bring a bear. You got to yeah. say no. He's with us. Yeah. I got yeah. the documentation. He's got the dog tag. Yeah. And these the bear tag. soldiers are the ones that name the bear Voitech. Voitech. Voitech, which means bear. Happy warrior. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's spelled, uh, you know, it's, it's Polish, so it's W O J T E K. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. But it sounds Wojtek. like I am Wojtek, the robot <laughs> yeah. bear who drinks piss beer. But I mean, like, just I mean, imagine how insane this this lieutenant purchases the bear from this child at a train. St- I mean, wh- wh- huh? how, how much is the kid charging for the bear? Yeah. But he and then they bring it to the camp, and it's growing up with human beings. Yes. And it loves wrestling with the soldiers. Great. Has a ball doing that. And they teach the bear upon greeting to salute. I thought you were going to say they teach him Krav Maga or something. (laughs) No. No, they teach this bear to salute. So the bear is saluting, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, hanging out with Polish soldiers. Pretty cool. It's pretty great. I'm loving it. And they're part of the 22nd Artillery Supply Company. The soldiers said... This bear starts carrying 100-pound crates of artillery shells oh, and never cool. dropped a single one. How many Polish bear soldiers <laughs> does it take to carry 100-pound artillery <laughs> like, like, do you think that's where stereotypes about Poles came from? It's like, they got fucking bears, bears in the can do the job better than they can. It didn't help. Certainly, it didn't help. But, I mean, it, like, it becomes a—any station soldiers nearby are like— have you heard about Wojtek? Do you know yeah. about that? And this is what I fell in love with about the story was the idea that British, American soldiers, resistance fighters, whatever, from France and whoever, Italy, are like, you see those guys over there? They are fighting for a country that doesn't exist right now at all. And one of them's a bear. <laughs> From Iran. <laughs> what? You, like, what? You, you know their cause must be worth it if even the animals are taking yeah. part. Yeah, like the, insa- the, like the insanity of World War II, you would just be like, okay, yeah, I totally, uh-huh, oh, he yeah. smokes cigarettes and drinks of, well, too? Of course he does. Of course he does. He's a soldier, isn't he? Duh. <laughs> so he's, he, beca- he, like, they put him on a flag for the company. The flag for the company... 22nd Artillery Supply Company is a bear holding an artillery shell. No Like way. holding a fucking missile. Awesome. Isn't that completely insane? It's brilliant. They have two privates named as his caretakers. He travels like in a wooden crate by truck. Oh. He comes everywhere with them. He goes all over the place. What are they feeding this behemoth? Oh, cigarettes. Oh, he just eats. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, honey a la Pooh Bear. You know, uh, that's so much honey. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how anybody's wrestling with him, and he doesn't just go full bear. Yeah. How How old is the bear at this point? Um, he's he's a youngster. He he died in '63 at the age of 21. So uh-huh. do the math there. He's a tiny baby youngster. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he's uh, like baby Groot. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah he is. he's like teenage Groot. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, he's a little guy. But still formidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, not getting freaked out by the horror of World War II? <laughs> I mean, he saw his parents die in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the most traumatic yeah. thing, huh? Yeah. Not the Blitzkrieg. <laughs> yeah, you did. 
or the Battle of Monte Cassino. Like, like what the fuck? What? Holy shit. Like, I mean, he's involved in a very pivotal battle. Did this bear... In the chaos of World War II, you could bypass a bear what the carrying fu- a crate of shells you would... that weigh 100 pounds. Did this bear ever procreate? No. So there's no shot in hell. That he's related? Yes, that Pablo Escobar... <laughs> I don't think so. ...could trace his lineage so. back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a Syrian brown bear. A Syrian brown yeah. bear. I mean, it'd be nice to have, like, you could go and meet his great-great-great-granddaughter and thank her for his service. Now, yes. part, part of part of what's so so insane to me, too, is, is the enlisting, the bear getting dog-fucking-tags, okay? That's pretty cool, man. Is... To get him on the British transpo ship, what it that, rules be, that, rules. that bear's it not rules. getting on here unless he's enlisted. <laughs> oh, got yeah, right no here. No right one's here. getting on this ship unless they got papers. <laughs> yeah, I got your papers right here. Well, welcome oh, aboard. Oh, do you mean Private Voitech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in his pocket. He's probably in a vest too. Yeah, that bear's drunk. Well, why didn't you say so <laughs> earlier? Come right aboard, <laughs> Private. So he um at the at the end of the war, the Polish government in exile is still in the UK. He comes back with the company Wojtek. to yeah, Wojtek comes back with the Polish company to uh, Scotland, where the uh, the Polish government is waiting to get back to running Poland, yeah, waiting to govern. Yeah, how fucking insane! <laughs> he he, uh, and they they are like, all right, well that was fun. Here you go in the Edinburgh Zoo. Oh, they leave him there. Hey, you like Italy and. Uh... Thank yeah. you for your service. <laughs> yeah. I know you're Persian, but we're going to leave you in this Brit zoo even though you fought for Poland. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Here's a cage. Yeah. And uh, he, he was... Did they give him artillery shells to move or something so at yeah. least he felt like normal again? I don't... I, can be, I mean, just think about that. So the bear is like... Parents gone day one. He's raised with humans. He can wrestle with them without fucking murdering them. He's 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 a fucking private. Uh, he was he was he he's was, a distinguished member of the military. Yes. He, he was he was upgraded to corporal. Like like he <laughs> fucking he was. That he means was, there's some people that weren't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Fucking yes. fucking bear took my job. Can you believe Wojtek? <laughs> Son of bae. a bitch. <laughs> can you? I mean, really? And they leave him in the Edinburgh Zoo. But, I mean, there he stays insanely popular. Journalists come and visit him. Uh, Polish soldiers after the war come and visit him and throw him cigarettes yeah, in the cages. Gotta. Jesus. No lighters. But he fu- <laughs> so he eats them because nobody's there to light the cigarettes oh, for him. Oh, that Isn't is the that saddest crushing? thing. That's... Isn't that crushing? That is oh. rough. They're just throwing him cigarettes? Throwing him cigarettes and he's just eating them because there's nobody there to light them. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Dude, that is heartbreak. That fucks me up. Yeah, that... that... That ruined my day. Ugh. <laughs> but he lives, he, I mean, he outlives JFK. Yeah, right. hey, hey. He yeah. dies in December 63 yeah. at the ripe old age of 21. You know? Yeah, what was it? The uh, sniper? I mean, uh, you know, he, I think he died of a broken heart. No, he didn't. I, I mean, I think after the war, he actually was, I mean, he he, he had documentaries made about him. He was a, he was a frequent uh, guest on a children's show for the BBC. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, you know, he was he was very people safe because all he knew was people. Yeah. Mm. You see what happens when you when you don't get into cocaine? <laughs> yes, yes. And you get into something that gives you purpose and structure like the military? Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> see your life turn around? Yeah, and then yeah. you get thrown in a jail <laughs> yeah, and you gotta eat bars. cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. 
But this bear has been, you know, lionized in, uh, like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. First he got dog tags, now he got lionized? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, poor guy. Like, anime series, even? Like... Anime series yeah. of Voitech? Yeah, Voitech <laughs> appears in anime series, board games. Why yeah. did... Wh- what are we missing out here on... Why didn't we hear about this in the States? We're not getting cartoons of Voitech. Yeah, we got plenty of bears and stuff. I mean, how many... How many animals are World War II heroes in the world from any country? Not many. How have we heard about this? It's completely insane to me. It's completely insane. I really, like I said already, I love the idea of a bunch of Brits being stationed nearby this Polish company and saying, these guys are fighting for a government that doesn't exist. They were invaded by the Nazis. They were taken over by the Soviets. Hopefully they get their country back. One of them's a bear. <laughs> Who's in? No way. Yeah, I mean, he's a great soldier. Yeah. He's a very dutiful, responsible, strong he's... as a bear. <laughs> he's carrying 100-pound crates of artillery shells. You could all learn something from <laughs> Private Voitech. Yeah. Completely insane. Jesus. Does he complain? <laughs> you don't hear it. I throw him cigarettes. He doesn't even smoke them. He just eats them. No complaints from Voitech. But the morale boost must have been yes. incredible. Yeah. It must have been You need diversion insane. like that, you know, in war, right? Like, I, I, there's always that kind of like, I don't want to say it's gallows humor, but it's something akin to that. Where yeah. you have to have something else to kind of latch on to to kind of like take your mind off the sheer horror yes and and nothing i think is better for trauma than absurdity yeah you know yeah pausing in the midst of the anarchy and just going huh it's a bear that bear is going faster than that other guy carrying that crate right (laughs) now he's a way better soldier and he's Gonna get corporal probably. <laughs> it's probably probably gonna beat him for corporal. You know? Yeah. He deserves <laughs> other guys trying his best. <laughs> Bears like going casual. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the story of Voitech the Bear. Wow. Voitech the Bear. What a great, great story. I can't believe I brought that story before you because you have so many bear stories I on know. deck. Yeah, I do. There's a bear that uh that <laughs> climbed into somebody's jacuzzi and started drinking margaritas. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Berenstein Bears? No, 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 no. Or Berenstein? Stain? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Wasn't the Care Bears? Yeah, yeah some bear jumped in a jacuzzi, drank a margarita. End of story. I mean, I, I, like, <laughs> that I guess... That sounds fun. I guess bears can just be totally, like, raised in human company, and, and that's... Yeah, I mean, they're still gigantic monsters. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a bear without hair? Jesus Christ, that mm-hmm. is where monsters come from. It's, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... Oh. Wojtek was uh, six foot and 490 pounds. Okay, so he was he was very young. Yeah. Because even even s- small bears are big. Oh, like <laughs> height-wise? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grizzlies can be like 12 feet tall. 490 pounds is completely insane. That's nothing. Really? For a bear? Nothing for a bear. It's a it's a bear. That's yeah, a malnourished bear. He's getting, yeah, he's, getting he's, rat, he's, you know, he's living on cigarettes and honey. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the Christian Bale diet from Machinist, I think. Ooh, right. <laughs> oh, that bear did something really bad earlier. In his yeah, life. Like, he's actually a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you think the other Persian bears are like, look at this bitch bear only carrying 100 pounds artillery. <laughs> Fucking pussy bear. 
100 pounds for a bear is probably not a lot, you know? I mean, yeah. The initial idea, whoever, I mean, the, the, this, you know, the lieutenant that was like, I'm going to buy that bear and bring it with us because this 18-year-old girl likes it. Yeah. What? Well, the, do, the things you do for people you want to sleep with. Yeah, I mean, but 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 I, I think it was just like, we're on this insane fucking journey. We just got out of the gulags. Yeah. Like, let's just do anything. Hell yeah. Let's just try it out. What do we have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, actually. Nothing. Not even a we country. Don't, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you something. They're not going to put us back in that gulag if we got a bear with us. <laughs> Matt, you have some- uh, Great story, John. Yes, thank John. You. You and have, thank you, Chris. Yes, thank you, Chris. Uh, I believe you also have some hijinks of the uh, the oh, animal variety. I, I'm here to talk about animals. Animals? Animals? I teased it a little bit last week with the animals and movies and oh, shit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, let's just keep going back in time here. How about that? Uh, let's do it. 1906, Delamont, Switzerland. A man named Marger is killed and robbed by a man named Shearer. And his son, with, and I quote, the fierce and effective cooperation of their dog. Mm. The two men were sentenced to lifelong imprisonment, but the dog, as the chief culprit, huh? without whose complicity the crime could not have been committed, was condemned to death. Oh, the mastermind. That's right. 1805, Leo Denmark, vermin, sentenced to death. What vermin? Vermin. Just run-of-the-mill, broad-spectrum Probably vermin. rats. Yeah, okay. Right. End of the 17th century, Canada, turtle doves. Before 1600, Constance and Quar, it's in Switzerland, worms. These were all sentenced to death? Sometimes just banishment. Ah, uh, yes. Nothing Nothing cuts to the core of an earthworm like exile. <laughs> Yeah, were they going to another planet? Yeah, what are they? <laughs> we're Mars worms now. Well, you can't just cut their head off. Honey, we can't go back there. That's that's not worm territory. 1659, Chiavenna, Italy. Caterpillars. Not butterflies, just caterpillars. Sentenced to death or banishment? Or banishment. <laughs> 1596, Marseille. Dolphins tried and executed. Right. No reason given. Oh, they were up to something. Wow. You know they were. They Those were. fucking sneaky dolphins. Ah. Uh. 1457 Savini. The sow of Jahan Bay. Uh, the Bay. Sow. Pig? Sow? Sow, yes. The sow, uh, mother sow, or mother pig, and her six piglets were caught in the act of killing five-year-old Jehan Martin. Damn. They were imprisoned and a month later brought before the signor justice. As, as bacon? No. They were tried. The mother was found guilty. The piglets were found innocent. Or cute. Well, that too. And they went wee, wee, wee all the way to jail. Yeah. They were sold to the local feudal lord, and the mother was killed. Oh. What do you do if a 600-pound pig finds a three-year-old toddler on the ground? Give it to your kids. Well, you're not stopping that pig. No. 1320 Avignon. Cockshefers. Beatles, sentenced to death. Huh. 824. What did they do? What did the turtle doves do? I don't know what the turtle doves did. Beatles, obviously, they probably ate something. Uh. 824, Valley of Iusta. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's in Italy. Moles, banished or death. 824. This is going all the way back. So these keep going back. Now, they're mainly documented from the 13th to 18th century in Europe. But even if you go all the way back to the Bible, Exodus 
21-28. If an ox gore a man or a woman that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned. Surely. And his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. What does quit mean? Well, probably murdered. Oh, yeah. Or sentenced to death. Mm. Or, or banished. Or, yeah, but probably killed. Get out of here with your ox. We're going to stone your ox, and then we're going to make you watch, and then we're not going to eat it. It's just going to piss you off, and then we're going to probably kill or banish you. Quit you. I just can't quit you. <laughs> <laughs> At nearly every level of the court system, from the royal to the urban to the segurnial, the feudal court, and the uh, ecclesiastical, animals were put on trial for crimes. Amazing. Now, every Western European nation uh, did it in their own way. Uh, some animals, when they were sentenced, they were dragged and hung like humans. Good God. Some of the other ones were strangled with uh, ropes or hands and then, or bashed on the head. Uh, often they used trees instead of gallows, you know, to signify a less uh, um, human death. Yeah, you're just a beetle. But they would still use a hangman. Give me that floss! <laughs> that we never used in our lives. Yeah. This, is for, this think, is for cleaning teeth. Yeah. I think they discovered the use of floss after they abolished beetle hanging. That really cuts through the meat. Wow. Yeah. You know... So they would hang them, but they would still employ the local hangman, and oh, they would pay God. them money, and um, they it, would hang the animal. They'd hang a pig or whatever. Now, uh, the Burgundian dog. custom, uh, the, the... No morality. The first... <laughs> speaking of, speaking of really, on. just real quick, we got to throw it out there that uh, Prince of Porn has been remastered. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's been remastered. Oh, 1080p? Yeah, like full Technicolor HD. It's on uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's website. It's live right now. Oh, very nice. Uh, So go to buynwr.com. Buy as in Uh B-Y-N-W-R.com. Watch Prince of Porn. Tell them the boys a profile sent you. Yeah. Sorry, just had to say that because of the dog fucking comment. Thank you. Thank you. Animals. Back to hanging them. So in in, uh, Burgundy, or Burgundy, I guess you'd say, uh, the custom was to hang the offending animal by their legs. Uh, That's what they would often do uh, with humans sometimes. And they wrote, uh, because this is where the first documentation of of these animal trials uh, was, uh, basically this was the first documentation of animal trials. Would Uh, this be a, if if these were to happen in Australia, would it be a kangaroo court? It certainly could be, Aaron. Maybe a wallaby (laughs) I don't know what the other words would be. <laughs> yes, yes. Very good. The old dingo of a time. Uh-huh. I'll and... be a monkey's uncle. <laughs> Is that where kangaroo court came from? Did they, did they kill oh, some kangaroos? Um, they must have. I'm, we're going to have to find that out. Yeah, that's true. We'll get back to that on next episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is what they wrote in, in, in Burgundy. They said, uh, if an ox or a horse commit one or more homicides, they should not die. Rather, they should be impounded by the Lord in whose jurisdiction they committed the crime and sold for the Lord's profit. But if another animal or a Jew do it, they should be hung by their rear legs. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Europe had a thing about the Jews. What? Yeah. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, in, in 1290 in England, the uh, an English uh, legal writer wrote, Those who have connection with Jews and Jewesses or are guilty of bestiality or sodomy should be buried alive. 1554, the advisor to the king of Spain said legally and the- theologically Jews and Muslims are equivalent to beasts. Yikes. In the 17th century, James Doppler wrote that you should burn sexually indiscriminate Christians because it was equally criminal to sleep with a dog or a Jew. Jesus. So in all of these animal writings, you do find that at some point they do touch on Jews, too. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the hardcore anti-Semitism. Is that <laughs> yeah. what you're going? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't buy it. It does, no, I don't, does nothing for you. No, no I don't. You know, I think uh, what they were doing inadvertently was making it seem much more acceptable to fuck a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're that, like, yeah. Jewish broads are yeah. great looking. Exactly. <laughs> like, I guess we can fuck dogs too. John, I think you've got a quote from from uh, Killing Them Softly, the motion picture. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I can do it justice. Would you? Would you mind? Oh 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 oh. Uh, the the dearly departed uh, James Gandolfini yeah. says. Um, Best piece of ass you'll ever have in your life is a young Jewish girl that just started hooking. Because <laughs> 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 uh, he's been around. Oh yeah, he's seen, he's he's been around the block. He's, he's tried been around. It. He has tried it out. Best piece of ass you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> he says it was such. Young, yeah. Oh God, it's complete. It's the sagest wisdom. He's yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, all right, cool. Note taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. But it gets in that script, so you're wondering, like, who who came up with that? Yeah, <laughs> art imitating life, huh? Yeah, is it true? Now, uh, so this first, as I said, this documentation began in uh, the 13th century by a lawyer named Philippe de Beaumanoir. Beaumanoir, beautiful house. And then it spread from uh, Burgundy, which is near Switzerland in the French Alp area, where then it spread to Germany and Italy and the Low Countries, as they called them. Now, he, his idea, his thinking, uh, de, de Beaumanoir, was that these trials were mainly used to, to fatten the feudal lords. Because if it was a horse... It was a money grab. If it was a horse or, or an ox... You're getting the ox. Yeah. Then yeah. you impound it, and then the feudal lord pays some money yeah. to, to take it. Right. Asset but, forfeiture. Yeah. All that, all that horse killed somebody? Mm. I got to get it. <laughs> I kill people <laughs> that don't pay me. I mean, it's it's just like what? How, why would that be a just thing at all? Well, who who was in charge? Yeah, yeah. Would, and how did they get to be in charge, John? Was it luck or maybe God? Yeah. And therefore, were they not supposed to be in charge? Yeah. I mean, did they get to steal your Jewish woman too? Probably, probably. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. <laughs> it was all they're trying to grab these hot Jewesses. Yeah. And so that was in the 13th century, right? And yet, 300 years later. Uh, Pierre uh, Ero, I don't know why I'm even using these names. They're useless. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but So this idea wasn't so concrete. 300 years later, uh, Pierre writes uh, that these punishments were to correct human behavior. He right. wrote, when we see a pig hanged for having eaten a child in the cradle, it is to warn fathers and mothers, carers and servants, not to leave children by themselves and to secure their animals so they cannot harm children. Because, you know, uh, you know. Pigs were just walking all over the place back then. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, even uh, Edward Payson Ed, uh, Evans, who who wrote this seminal book about the uh, all of these animal trials, he he pointed out that in Africa it was common to kill a lion and hang it from the front of your town to keep other lions away. 
So maybe part of this was also to teach the animals a lesson. Jesus. Yikes. But I think you would argue that a, a, a system that treated guilty animals the same as random Jews was probably not built based purely on economics. Mm. Right. Yeah. And here's a story that might illustrate that. 1386, Filet. A sow was arrested after maiming a child who later died. The sow maimed the child on its arms and legs. The sow was charged and found guilty. Then it was dressed in human clothes, where a hangman then maimed it on the arms and legs and hung it. The hangman was given a pair of new gloves for this occasion, perhaps as payment, but perhaps to also literally keep his hands clean of the situation. And 50 years later, a local church had a fresco painted of the scene. Oh, wow. It's a great church. You can go to the church and you can see a, a, a you know, screenshot yeah, of when yeah, they yeah. dressed that pig up and hung it. Yeah. That guy looks like a pig. <laughs> is that a... No, it's got it, human it, clothes on. It's like that monkey Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one bad pig. That artist sucks. <laughs> you know, the thing I think about is uh, all the innocent animals slaughtered that didn't even commit the crime. It was just some <laughs> random sow rounded up. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, that wasn't me. It was yeah, the other sow. The other sow is all fucking, you know, licking its lips of little boy flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think generations of pig are still paying the price. <laughs> they are. They are. And yeah. some poor innocent sow is like, oh, I can't speak, but I didn't uh, do anything. Give me my piglets back. Yeah. Uh, These human clothes are cool, <laughs> but don't kill me. You think of that moment, the pig was like, oh, this is nice. I heard. Uh, <laughs> it's about time. Oh, I heard. <laughs> I heard that uh, pork tastes the most of all the meats tastes the most like human. Hmm. That's that's what they say. Yeah. I also hear that uh, human flesh burning is supposed to be like completely revolting to smell. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But is it just to us? Like, does it smell great to a oh, fucking pig? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. For any other, del- it smells like bacon to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I, I believe in the book the the alive. You know, at that uh, yeah, Brazilian yes. rugby team crash, they said that brains were the tastiest meal. Yeah, really? brains, mm. high fat content, salty, full of info. God, I loved that movie when I was a kid. It was so funny. To God, me. I loved that what? Movie. It was so funny because, like, first they're like, "Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna do it? I think we have to." And then, like, they break off some frozen fingers, and they're like, "Ah!" Crying and chowing down. <laughs> it was the stupidest movie in the world. I, I was like, "This movie kid. sucks, man. You're such Fuck a this. bad person." <laughs> Come on. It... Have you seen it? Well, I mean, it's smart that they went for their hands because you don't have to use them in soccer. Were they a soccer team? I think yeah, they were yeah. a rugby team, I believe. But what a salacious movie to make in the first place. Like, well, it's a re- true story, asshole. It is a true story, but, like, I mean, who needs to go there? Who needs to go to the Andes? Well, no one needs to crash the plane in their Alps. That's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. the Andes. The Andes, not the Alps. It was ugh. It was the Alps that could have skied down. Yeah. I'll never forget that finger thing. <laughs> so stupid. You're starting with fingers? <laughs> Yeah, it's like chicken wings. Take a bite of ass or something. Something's like, dude, get come on. What? It's just benign flesh. You know, chow on fingers like hairy. What are you like, pig's feet? Oh, dude, those guys had hairy asses too. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) All right, all right. Fair enough. Fingers are probably the most like unintimidating part to eat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I would want something that looks a lot less human than human say, fingers. I would like forearm. Forearm is pretty... Right. Lean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. always thought that forearm would be like a good place to eat. Start like, there. Like a, like a they, drumette. Would, would it be too muscly? 
Well, you want to get oh, okay. you want to get some protein oh, oh, okay. there, but okay. fat. I mean, fat is where it's good to. It's what's going to keep you alive. So mm, brains yeah. mm, would yeah. be where you want to go. Your brain, yeah, it's is, full of fat, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. it's almost all fat. And info. Why? Yes, knowledge. Yeah. Memories. Yeah. Knowledge is delicious. Yeah. Yes, that's how you gain mm-hmm. the knowledge of of your victims. Yeah, you by get some you. conspiracy theories and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chowing down on brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if you just eat brains and you're like, 9-11 didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it just never happened. They are turning the frogs gay. <laughs> Shout out to Alex Jones for watching transgender porn. Yes. Oh, so good, oh, man. Oh, God bless him. That was the best. That is the best. If you guys don't know, uh, live on InfoWars.com streaming, <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones had like the camera was on his phone as he was like showing like one of his bullshit products or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like he did the accidental zoom out on Safari and it showed one of his open tabs. <laughs> I think it was like Naughty T Babe Maria something yeah. something something. I mean, it's good he's open minded sometimes. Yeah, you know. But... Hey, listen, I'm. I would never shame anybody for the kinks that they're into. Well, if he didn't have very direct uh, hate speech well, that's, about that's trans people, that, yeah. that's the problem: is the hypocrisy. Oh yeah, and the 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 two facedness and whatnot. But uh, that that's why it's okay to shame him and make fun of him is because mm-hmm. of that. Certainly. Um, but if you go to that specific video and you see the comments that are now there, the T T Bay video, yeah, oh, very, very good. Oh, maybe we'll put up a link. Really, it's so funny. Oh, uh, comment. Well, well, it's tied. I want to do a whole thing about comments and fucking people watch for uh, it. Okay, it blows great. my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's the people great. that leave comments. That leave comments. There are people that have full on. <sighs> I. Let's get back to the animals. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll get there. We will get there. We will. It's a long road. There's two types of courts, mainly, uh, that these animal trials were held in. Secular courts and ecclesiastical courts. And secular courts, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, a court system is built into a town, eventually. Mm. But ecclesiastical courts and the, was also a thing, and the reasoning was, as, as Evans puts it, where a secular arm could not reach, God's power was invoked to perform the same, a- t- same task. Mm. So if... Uh, 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 if if the regular town cannot get to these animals, well, then God yeah. surely can. Well, it's hard to find a jury of your peers when you're the only koala in Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but often these were... We're going to get 12 other koalas. <laughs> often often these were things... So, so like a sow would be one. You'd find a sow eating a baby. Yeah. But what happens when locusts storm your town? Now that, you need an ecclesiastical yes, church. You need, that's that's a, biblical mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. That you got to makes... round up all these locusts. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. There's a lot of scary animals in the Bible, for mm-hmm. sure. So uh, this is first documented in Savoy and Dauphin, and uh, ironic, unironically, perhaps, Dauphin, uh, no dolphins were killed there. Oh, fuck. Wow. Uh, the Italian Alps then spread, and because of the church, these trials spread further than the, the uh, secular trials ever did. The secular trials were largely confined to Europe. Right. And some of the thinking of why that may be, and I'll get into England and America later, but also different cultures. And, and you know, when these cultures are forming their laws in, in, in Europe, they're defined in many ways by Rome and mm-hmm. the Bible. And meanwhile, you consider uh, the an Indian tribe has a completely different view of animals than these people would. Mm-hmm. Right. And a different concept of, of equality with the animals. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because to put an animal on trial 
is to elevate it is to consider it an equal yeah we're at but but it, this is coming from a place where god gives you dominion over the earth and all of its creatures mm-hmm. whereas in in the united in what would be the united so in america in the new world yeah where they did consider animals much more on equal footing i assume they were not putting them on trial right <laughs> cool got it isn't that Interesting. weird yeah well one thing so you pointed out uh, an ox is created for man's sake by god and can therefore be killed for man's sake. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, uh, there is no question of right or wrong as regards the ox. Hmm. Yeah, the ox is here for my benefit. I'll kill it if I want. And uh, I'll get into a little bit of this more in a second. But first, I want to talk about a fun little ecclesiastical trial. Ooh. The 1706, St. Anthony's Cloister Cloister in uh, Brazil. The friars there brought a suit against ants that ate their flour and tunneled under their walls. Mm. Did they claim sanctuary? (laughs) And they were actually women? They did not. The case was quickly settled and the verdict was read to the hills. And it was noted that the ants then filed out of their homes and into the field that was assigned to them as their new home. Wow. Wow. Those some pious ants. Mm -hmm. Damn. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of magic involved, but not magic. It's Jesus. religion. It's yeah. Or they might dump some food over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's another good one. 1474. Basil. A rooster laid an egg. No. Well, Aaron, you know what that means. Experts warned that this would hatch a basilisk. A basilisk? Uh-huh. That's some sort of sea creature. A hybrid of a rooster and a serpent. Really? Because roosters can't lay eggs, John. Yeah, it's, yeah, the yeah. Work of the, it's the work of the devil. That's right. I've never heard of a basilisk. A basilisk, is a, it belches lethal fumes and it's able to kill with just a look. Ooh, that is you, oh John. Oh, my God. You that sh- is some old Europe shit right there. You cannot have this in your town. No. Well, a basilisk? I mean, no, you can't just have a basilisk hanging out. No, this is a basilisk-free town. <laughs> yeah, it's Even probably... Even a basil. <laughs> it's going to get on trial pretty quick yes. if it's hanging around in town, I think. Yes. Yeah. You know? No loitering if you're a basilisk. <laughs> Vagrancy. But now, so theoretical or theological thinkers, and, and even de, de Beaumanoir, uh, Thomas Aquinas was one of these people, but de Beaumanoir, they also ask it, is punishment is lost on animals, right? So uh, the laws are applied to those who, who know what they are about and have the alternative to, of doing a thing and leaving it undone. But do animals have this choice? Right. right. Are animals aware of yeah. what they're doing is against a rule? Right. Certainly not. Right. But that's that's a very new concept for humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it didn't happen until the 1700s. Instinct. No, just the idea that, um, one, that animals had any thought, right. period. And then, two, that it was different. If they did, if it was different from us. Right. And then three, the notion of free will. Like, these are all very new concepts. Uh, and so I think this is an example of uh, stupid people trying to figure that out. It's a, it's a society that is evolving, yeah. and its laws are then evolving to demonstrate their new ideas. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the ideas it, always happen, and then the laws are there to catch if up. If these guys could look in the future and see this bear tearing it up and doing the right thing and saluting <laughs> yeah. and, you know, fucking wrestling around, not biting anybody yeah. and carrying shells to defeat the Nazis, yeah. they'd be like, this is exactly the kind of animal we don't put on trial. Exactly. So there you go. Well, we, one of the arguments, if animals are made in God's image, are their actions not also God's decision? 
Right. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the the you know the snake in the garden and free will and, the, and all that. The bear in the forest and the bull. Right. Yeah. It's all. It's all. Part, it's all part of God's plan. <laughs> but also, it, it was argued that in 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 ten in ten ninety five, it was argued that if you destroy these bad creatures, then you also destroy the memory of their acts, and therefore these acts will be less likely to continue because their memory will be gone. That was mm. 1095. 868, they said you must kill homicidal bees and you must suffocate them and throw their honey out or else they, this will continue. What? Yes. Hmm. Give it to fucking Wojtek. But that's going back in time. These right are, so and then Aquinas is after. But Aquinas argued that laws apply because they exist. Did God, after discovering fruit was missing, did he not go to Adam and say, did you mm-hmm. take that apple? He knew. He, want, he, he wanted Adam to he, say it. But he asked. Mm-hmm. Yes. And therefore, the duty to hear a suspect was inherent nature. Because God gave Adam the chance. That's So fair. wait, I'm sorry. Can you break that down? Because I'm very stupid. Yeah. So yeah. in the Bible, he is. God sees that an apple is missing. And he, does, he knows that Adam took it, or of Eve course. took it. But he, instead, he's, he goes to them and he asks. Of he course. He puts them on trial. No, I understand that part of it, but, but how does that... So because God Who is all-knowing. He, yeah. knew, he knew. Well, he knew... That's the reason for the trial. Is that... That's, it, what yes, would that's God the reason do? a suspect... Yes, needs to be put on trial. Because God, in the first ever crime, mm. put the man on trial. And then Ooh, Adam right. said, nah, it was Eve! Yeah, but the bees can't talk, so why put him there? Like, they can't defend themselves. Dude, there's, they're buzzing. There's a buzz. You know what I mean? Well, that's why lawyers were appointed to defend the animals. Oh, my God. And it was such a thorough idea that in 1212, Pope Innocent III, surely an ironic name, joked that even Satan might be heard in court. Oh, and it's Keanu. Well, I mean, he... Devil's he, advocate. He used to be an angel. Give him a, give him a shot. Yeah. Try it out. It's hope for him. Yeah. So this didn't always happen in secular courts, depending on the area. But in ecclesiastical courts, it was very common for the animals to be given a defender. Uh, 1587, the commune of St. Julien de Marien sued flies for destroying their vineyards. The flies were appointed a lawyer with a modern salary, quote, less the animals. Who, who paid for it? The church. The lawyer was paid their fee and the church paid it out to them. What, you know, what a progressive institution. <laughs> they said lest the animals against whom the action lies should remain defenseless. But these Jews gotta go! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So now one character emerges from this who builds a career defending animals. Oh, God. Oh, the Johnny Cochran? <laughs> yes. His name was Bartholomew <laughs> Chessonet. He was born in 14, 1480, yes. <laughs> And here's the case that Have made Have you been him. accused of a crime? <laughs> Are you... <laughs> Do you have more than two legs? <laughs> Call me. I'm Bartholomew. I'll represent you. You deserve your day in court. Call any an animal lawyer. Are you an insect, arthropod, arachnid, or wildebeest? Vermin? Do you usually act out of instinct or survival? I can defend you. All are equal in God's eyes. Have you been accused of landing on a piece of shit that you did not? Did you bite at a child's delicious arms and legs? 
<laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> Bartholomew, animal lawyer. Mm-hmm. Bartholomew Chassonet. Chassonet. Here's the case that made him. Yeah, some rats were on trial be- before an ecclesiastical court in Autun for wanton destruction of a barley crop. Wanton! Wanton destruction? <laughs> well, I thought we were in France. So, I didn't think it was wanton. I thought we had a plan. <laughs> what? Wanton? De- that is very... F- well, it's a more elevated yeah. form. Yeah, wanton. De- uh, doing whatever they felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the... <laughs> The court, they summoned the rats. <laughs> uh, they summoned the rats? Yes. They light fire to some Come blood. to us. Well, the issue was they summoned the rats and they did not show. Oh, come on! Yeah. And so Chassanet said, guys, there's too many rats. They huh. can't all show up. There's, the area where they live is too large. Right. So the court said, all right, that's a good point. So they made every parish... In the area, read the summons. So every church around them had to read a summons to the rat. And uh, they become, the court convenes again, and the rats haven't showed up. And Chastanet says, guys, guys, they're coming from a long area. They don't but speak also, French. <laughs> <laughs> but they love are... the cheese. <laughs> he, he, he said that it, they're coming from a large area. But in order to get here, they have to get past cats. Ah, uh, great point. So it, many cats. It is too, it, the area is too large and too dangerous. Uh, how can one answer a summons if the journey will kill them? Well, you got to do stand your ground against the cats. Yeah. That was not a rule back then. The cats are obstructing justice. Absolutely. And so this, eventually the case was settled and they, uh, they said, okay, the rats can work over in that field as long as they stay out of this area. But the idea of this was born. And Chesney was a, he was the, the first person to write down uh, uh, how, how, how to try the insects. He was an ex- became an expert on the excommunication of insects. He wrote a book in 1541, which the still... The excommunication of insects? Yeah, when you're like, you guys, you're not allowed to be here, but we don't, we, we, we're not going to kill you. Right, Just right. get over Banishment there. Banishment or exit. Uh-huh. And he wrote a book that still sits in the Royal Court and State Library in Munich. He wrote it in 1541. And he, his ideas, much like Aquinas and, and de Beaumont, he used sources from the Old and New Testament, pagan poets, philosophers, uh, theologians, homilists, medieval hagiologists, Virgil, Ovid, Pliny, Cicero, Cato, Aristotle, Seneca, Gregory the Great, Piccolo, the laws of Moses. He used everything he could find to kind of find precedent, yes. yes, yeah, and he pointed out how powerful anathemas are, how powerful God's uh, will is. He said, after the after the serpent was 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 cursed by God, does it not still slither on its stomach for all eternity? That's I'm not point. seeing any snakes walking around on hind legs. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, they're not carrying any artillery shells. Yeah, it's and, true. And the idea of making sure that there was some that 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 there deserves to be representation, then moved even to a, to the secular court. And then humans started being, that idea started passing over to humans. And here's a case in 1540. Wait, hold on. Are you telling me that animals had lawyers before humans? G- yes, because ecclesi- ecclesiastical courts appointed them, while secular courts did not. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's kind of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you said it. Dude. And this wasn't the case for every place, but it was more common in ecclesiastical courts. Good God. But here's a case in 1540. Now, Protestants in the town of Marindal in France were summoned to the court because a couple of Protestants had caused some issues that some uh, um, Catholics were, were not happy with. Mm. Protestants are vermin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess they'd be Christians. Thanks for taking a side, Aaron. <laughs> and uh, none of the Protestants showed up to court. So the ruling was sent down that uh, the entire town should be burned at the stake. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, Chastanet was in charge of the province court of appeals at this time. And so the Protestants went to him and they said, Do you remember what you said about those rats? Yeah. Do we not deserve the same... Yeah, they were told to go to another field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fucking humans all get burned to this. This is fucking classic evidence that humans have always loved animals more than other humans. (laughs) Always. Mm -hmm. Even rats. Even rats. All right, no more wonton. (laughs) Let's go to that field. Stay away from our barley. So Chassanet, he he went to the the king of France and he 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 argued for these people and said, you know, they made a pretty good point. Uh, and the the king ruled that the the troops had already assembled around the town to kill these Jesus. people. Jesus! And the king said, all right, fine. And uh, the troops were sent home and everything was okay. But and this is very good, strong evidence of how Chassanet's idea was not the only idea at the time. In 1544, four years later, he died. The new president of appeals enforced the sentence. Shut up. Four years later, the troops went to the town, slaughtered every man they found, moved all the women and children into a church, and burned it down. Oh, my God. An entire town. Wow. Jesus. You know, you think, uh, hopefully they were like, we probably should get out of here. Yeah. Maybe it's a whole new population by then. Yeah. Yeah, good. Four been. years later. Rats are laughing their balls off. <laughs> Eating wontons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in the meantime, you would want to get the fuck out of that town. Yeah. Remember that time everyone's got burned to the stake here? For doing nothing? Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's try a new thing. Let's let's dress up pigs in our clothes and tell them it's yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to meet the guy I sold this house to. He's a Catholic. <laughs> It's gonna get burned, uh, and and um, a, another a great book on, on this is also from um, do 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 where is it? Sixty fifteen. You have the right to remain an insect. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, you have a right to an attorney. <laughs> Me, Bartholomew. <laughs> if you cannot afford one, the church will pay me to do it. I, t- I take your silence and presence of 42 eyes as a yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a book on the history of trials by a man named uh, Sadarat, uh, Sadar, uh, Sadarkar, Sadakat. What? Kadri. S-A-D-A-R-K-A-T. Kadri. Satterkat. Cadre. Satterkat. What, uh, what, what time is This is from like uh, 2000, uh, two, uh, 2005. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Satterkat. And, and he points out that that kind of slaughter that happened, we can talk about all of these reasons what, why these rulings came down, but, but in the end of the day, often they were just an expression of sovereignty. 
just an expression right. of I have the power, so I make the rules, and I need to prove that I have the power, so I will make the rule. Wow, right, how things so, have changed. Yes, we're gonna have a little show, and we're gonna put yeah. a, a pig on trial because you need to remember that I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. And you remember that we were like the putting the Pope on trial, like a cadaver synod. Yeah. Right, that was just a show of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this happened a lot. Uh, corpses were dug up. That was the, the, the Dead Pope episode, if you guys yeah, are not familiar. We didn't call that one Dead Pope Society, huh? We oh, called we it. Didn't. We called it Papal Corpse Court. We did. Dead Pope Society is nice, too. It's very, very good, Aaron. It was a very good episode, yeah. Matt. Well, oh, thank you. High Tide is 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's in a constellation, uh, we could put an epitome now, on it. So... Often corpses are dug up, and and France, instead of ruling that corpses shouldn't be dug up, in 1670 they've passed a criminal ordinance code. It's one of the first criminal ordinance codes ever ever uh, put into into writing and into law. And they ruled that every corpse should have counsel and given legal aid. Huh. So instead of telling them not you not to dig them up. <laughs> yeah. Are you dead? Are you dead and getting yeah. dug up? Have Call you passed me. on to the great afterlife? <laughs> I can represent you. I've represented thousands of insects. <laughs> who, who have been dining on your corpse. <laughs> so, some may be eating your body currently. Some may be you have legal. <laughs> you have the right to sue them. <laughs> Are you being sued by a corpse that you ate, that you found in the ground through no fault of your own? Call me. I'm Bartholomew. I may also be representing your opponent in the trial. Since neither of you can talk, I'll be doing all the talking. <laughs> the state bar of the state the bar of the state of New York requires me to disclose the following statement. I may be representing both parties in the <laughs> I can't, I can't keep it. Oh, this is so stupid. I love it. it Dead is really animals good stuff. and antelopes, and there's no reason. But now the thing is, the thing, uh, real quick, I just want to mm-hmm. say, uh, it does seem to me also to be um, like a show of power without actually upsetting the apple cart, which is interesting. By- Other than the apple cart, they got burned along with that entire population of people. No, yeah, no, that, but I like these exercises of oh. corpses on court uh, right. on trial and, and animals on trial seem to be like a kind of thing where it's like you know keep in mind that I could do this to you but this inst- could be you instead I'm doing it to this beehive or whatever the fuck you know what I mean right right <clears throat> I think that's a large large part of it yes I also think people were stupid <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah I think it's also a thing where it's saying my rule of law extends to the tiniest yes. ant yes yes yeah well, uh, Esther Cohen wrote, uh, this is from 1987 or so, this is a, a, a scholarly journal entry called Law, Folklore, and Animal Lore. Mm-hmm. And uh, she writes that popular anthropomorphism and learned ideas, this is, this is where the survival of these trials came from. Popular anthropomorphism and learned ideas of justice met at this juncture. They, con- they continued to exist because they fulfilled certain necessary functions. While they settled no disputes... And kept no peace, they're important in other ways. They defined man's relationship with the animal kingdom by virtue of his judicial rights over it. They reaffirmed society's self-image as universally just. We held a trial. Hmm. 
And finally, the ecclesiastical trials provided the setting for a communal ritual of self and environment purification from incremental forces. Hmm. Like Jews and Protestants. <laughs> right. But it was them putting themselves through the steps of what they deemed to be lawful order a, a in order to cleanse show. themselves of the unlawful. Yes. Right. Did this at all ever lead to anybody, you know, like in their own home life, you know, s- stepping on a bug and being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> did I do something wrong here? Like, I, I did I break the law? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did it like he's got a good lawyer. Kind of <laughs> in, inversely. Really? And I will touch on that in one second. Very, very mm. good. Very the good. The suspense. Now. Very but good. I, I want to go back to the the corpses and the suicides. I'm there was anticipating p- your next story. <laughs> part part of the criminal ordinance in 1670 was that if someone failed a suicide, they would have to be executed. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. And if they committed suicide, they would still have to be tried. Tried. You gotta chop them up. So Dig what people up. would, and the if 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 your if your your relative committed suicide, you would be charged for the trial. So anytime someone committed suicide, they would just take their body and throw it into the street and say, "I don't, I have oh, nothing to do with this." Yeah, I found him this way. Yeah, Jesus, because you were you were financially liable for the trial. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. And so so like Cohen's idea about this this ritual, this communal ritual, these posthumous trials became all the rage. It became a thing the town would gather and go to. And it seems like a, a way to expand on local gossip. Yes, very much so. We have, we have. Uh, why did they do it? What happened? Well, what were the reasons? Let's talk about this. And I mean, it's a, it's a terrible crime. Cr- not a crime, but I mean, it's a terrible event, traumatic event. Yeah, and let's definitely not get over it. Yeah, and the body's not going to like react or be sad or cry or happy, so you're not going to have to worry about like feeling anything for them. <laughs> Unless they no. like, tie strings <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so if they if they had a, if <laughs> they like, had one of these, wait, go on. Just gonna say like their version of first forty eight. They just <laughs> they do reenactments, but with the actual corpse. <laughs> <laughs> they just tie strings to it. <laughs> this is a dramatization of the suicide. Oh, wow, wow. But also, I mean, if you were committing suicide at that time and you knew you were going to be dragged into the fucking witness stand or whatever and have to defend yourself dead, wouldn't you, like, try to go to lengths to make sure you looked, like, happy? <laughs> like, <laughs> thumbs up, die with, like, two thumbs up, just being like, no, it's cool, fuck you. I mean, also, like, how it's so hard to commit suicide, you know? No yeah. guns. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to commit seppuku. Yeah. Or jump off a cliff. Yeah, or run, Drink in, hemlock. run into a bunch of bees or something, oh. you know, and then they go on trial and you go on trial. Both represented by, by Bartholomew. Bartholomew, of course. <laughs> you think Bartholomew had, like, ads on the back of, like, ox-driven carts? <laughs> if this ox kills someone. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they, they, they when they had these bodies, they would drag them through the town. Kids would throw rocks at them. People would laugh. Oh, my God. In, in 1806, uh, a, a, uh, I, th- I believe someone committed su- they committed suicide. They they had killed someone, and they were supposed to be put on trial for that. But they committed suicide before they could be put on trial. Mm. So it, they they, the court took the man in this public trial, and they were supposed to put him on the wheel, and they just said, ah, forget it. Let's just say he's guilty and kick him out of here. And the town got so angry that they rioted. Over what now? Not. Being put through the ritual. Yeah. 
Oh, of of throwing them through the streets and wow, and putting them on the wheel and torturing the dead body. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we you, do you love whip that them up, shit. They get a show. That was entertainment back in the day, like the stuff you know, the Braveheart type of stuff. And I mean, even in the United States, like in the fifties, like the public lynchings of black people were fucking town events, man. Yeah, I mean the Coliseum. Just here's a bunch of Christians in lines. Here we go. Yeah. And satisfy the bloodlust and keep them away from throwing us out of power. Yeah. Let's let them. But that, that happened into the modern era. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we just love that, um, to uh, to borrow a phrase, uh, painfotainment. Yeah. Whew, man, we got we to see it. And so another one of the crimes that was covered by courts was bestiality. Mm. Crime. And, you know, bestiality, 1641, bestiality, anti-bestiality law, one of the first laws in Massachusetts. Shut up, really? Uh Uh-huh. That an animal with who that happens should be slain, buried, and not eaten. And in 1642, they caught a teenage servant, Thomas Granger. He was arrested. And they asked him to list his partners. They hung him. And then they slaughtered a mare, a cow, two goats, two calves, five sheep, and a turkey. Oh, my God. He had fucked a lot of animals. Wow. And so anytime they found someone... A turkey? He fucked a turkey. They have a cloaca. Well, it wasn't a good fuck. What's that? Person. It's a um, joint anus and vagina. Oh, yes, the vent. The vent. I've heard of the vent. <laughs> the, vent. the vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's restaurant talk. No, 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 no. It's like I think chickens, they call it a vent. Oh, right, it's right. the vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it all. Yeah. What else you want? You want hmm. options? Get out of here. I got a beak. Hide your keys. <laughs> so usually if they found someone fucking an animal, they would sentence them, the person and also sentence the animal. Because obviously if the animal didn't want to be fucked, what's it doing? Jesus. They're just as guilty. Oh, my God. Except for one unique case. 1750s, Vendre, France. Jacques Ferrand caught fucking a female donkey, a.k.a. a she-ass. Ah, so they fucking it. some she has. Some she has. Now he and the donkey. Ass. Sorry, John. Sorry. Go ahead. He and the donkey were sentenced to hang. However, and quote, this is from Evans. The prior to the convent and the principal inhabitants of the commune of Vendres signed a certificate stating they had known the said she has for four years and that she had always shown herself to be virtuous and well behaved both at home and abroad. And never given occasion of scandal to anyone. Abroad? Well, <laughs> she, she, was a, she was a lady, she asked. <laughs> and that, therefore, they were willing to bear witness that she is, in word and deed, and in all her habits of life, a most honest creature. Wow. And they let the she-ass go. But and, not the fella. And not the fella. And he was hung like a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he was hanged. He was hanged <laughs> like a donkey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was hanged like a donkey. Jesus. For fucking the she-ass. Wow, I mean, what a popular donkey. Yes. This one charismatic... really, really hated guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah donkey gets on the stand, starts batting her eyelashes. <laughs> Come on. Who could resist? <laughs> With an ass like that? <laughs> not him. <laughs> so now in America, that early bestiality case, those animals were not put on trial. They were just killed for being a part of bestiality. Yeah, but in Van Vres, the donkey was put on trial. And that's because it was a very European thing. But in America and England, no corpses or animals were ever documented to be put on trial. And that comes down to mainly the English court system, which 
you ha- began with an accusation, and 23 grand jurors would have to rule on that and issue an indictment. And then a judge would have to allow the case to proceed, and then the case would come before 12 more people who would then have to unanimously agree on a sentence. Mm-hmm. So just the whole process of it meant it was really hard just to bring something mm-hmm. that so many people would have to agree with. So the bureaucracy... yes. Let the corpse rot. Yes. It's just a skeleton. And the animal go free. Wow. However, in England, and this is getting to what I mentioned earlier, they did have a coroner, which is an idea left over from Norman kings, usually a a king's, you know, someone the king appoints. And the coroner's job was- Is that why they were called coroners? I don't know. Because corona usually means crown, like crown? Oh. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Uh. Yeah, part of the part of the crown. Yeah, um, and the coroner was responsible for investigating suicides and death by object, death by object. Ah, uh, and like if the, the object, like it's the candlestick in the, the study or whatever. Right. If the object was ruled to quote moved to the death, unquote, it was declared a diodad, aka a gift to God, and auctioned off. So let's say. A bell fell from a tower and killed someone. Mm. That bell. Diodad. Diodad. Then it is auctioned off and a rich man buys it. Rogerio Diodato. So you're telling me that a bell falls and kills a man mm-hmm. and then they go, hey, there's money in this bell. Mm-hmm. Let's auction it off and sell it. First, we must pronounce it guilty. Oh. oh. The bell is guilty. The bell goes to court. So we didn't put animals and corpses on trial, but we put inanimate objects on trial. I don't know if there's any documentation of America, but in England, yes. Wow. In England, they put they started putting all kinds of things. Wheels. If a cart runs over someone, the wheel goes on trial. But then sometimes they ruled it wasn't the wheel. It was the axle that did it. Ah. Or it was the rim of the wheel. Word on the street is it was the hubcap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't get into conspiracy theories, dude. Word on the street. You know what I think happened? I think it was the ball bearings. That's what I heard. And this leads to a case in 1535 where Anthony Wilde suffocated to death after a haystack fell on him. And the jurors... Uh, this was, uh, uh, they said maybe it's because they were farmers themselves. They ruled that it was only a small bale that had killed him. Because if they if they said a big bale, then that fucking feudal lord gets the big bale. Oh, my uh, God. And so suddenly this then system... Then post bale. This system started crumbling because yeah. it was recognized as purely... A, a cash grab. A cash grab. Right. Wow. Right. But... Well, that's kind of how our system here is crumbling, is that everybody realizes that... Well, one, most cases don't go to trial, mm-hmm. right? The, because they, they make the punishments so far and above the crime yeah, that they make you do a plea deal, mm-hmm. right. basically, because it's just not worth your, it's not worth the risk to go to trial. Right. And then two, the people that they get to be on the jury are not... The cream of the crop, usually, right? Oh, in, intelligence-wise? Yeah, they're a bunch of, you know, she-asses. A couple of yokels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then even then, when you're on a jury, you're just like, yeah, vote not guilty. Just say not guilty. Because mm-hmm. there's so much disparity in the justice system that ever, nobody ever gets 
nothing other comes out of it. So like right. the system is is falling apart under its own yeah. weight. I also think a lot of that is uh, politicians for a long time were, need to be seen to be harder and harder on crime. So sentencing got. Yeah. Completely out of hand. Yeah. And electing judges. When you elect judges, yes. then they run on how many people they've killed. Uh-huh. Yes, how, yes, How exactly. many man years of sentences they've yeah. handed and out. And especially when it became Democrats and Republicans both trying to out-tough-on-crime each other. Yeah. And it just became, like, yeah. complete insanity. So now your your constitutional right to a, a trial is being subverted because mm. the punishments are so far and far beyond fair yes. that you plea out every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the risk is is, yeah. is too great. Yeah, or you, you sit in jail for three years waiting for your trial. That too. Yeah, you can also hope to get a trial with twelve people that are not dumb enough to get out of jury duty. Right. <laughs> but in it, great, so, perfect. <laughs> but a part of this American system is also informal trials, hmm. and these are things very real, like lynching. Yes. Yes. But also these extended to animals as well. Wow. And 1916, Mary is a five-ton Asian elephant. She's in Sparks' world-famous show circus. She's being led through Kingsport, Tennessee. A homeless man named Red Eldridge is on her back. During a trip through the crowd, walking through the city, she bends down to uh, nibble on some watermelon. Mm -hmm. Eldridge, who's never uh, trained elephants, doesn't know anything about him, was hired for the day. Uh And he uh, sees that she's slowing down, so he... Hooks her ear. He, he basically stabs her oh my God. on the right side of her face. What? And she grabs him with her trunk, and this is a lo- quote from the local paper, lifted him 10 feet in the air, then dashed him with fury to the ground, and with the full force of her beastly fury, sank her giant tusks entirely through his body, then trampled the dying form as if seeking her murderous triumph, and then she kicked his body into the crowd. Fuck him. Wow. The crowd? said, kill the elephant. Wow. And they shot her, and then they just chanted, kill the elephant. The circus owner decides the only way to solve this problem is to kill her in public. Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. She is brought to a local railroad yard where 25 people, including most of the children from the local town, watch. Oh, my God. They hang her from the neck. Oh, my God. They, They tie her to a rail car with a crane mounted on top of it. The first chain breaks and she falls and breaks her hip. Jesus Christ. The second chain holds. <sighs> Turns out she just had an affected tooth and the guy stabbed in the wrong place. No shit. Mm-hmm. That's, um. Oh my God. That's super shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, an infected teeth in animals is apparently. Uh, you ever, you ever hear, you see that movie, The Ghost in the Darkness? Mm. I think it was a movie with Val Kilmer. And he's like a hunter in Africa. This is not Island of Dr. Moreau. It's the other Val Kilmer mm-hmm. wild animal movie. And it's a true story about these two lions, uh, female lions, I think. Because uh, usually they're the ones that are doing the hunting or the females. But these female lions, two of them, they went on a tear in these villages mm-hmm. just eating people. Like, middle of the night, coming to the village. Kate taking people and eating them. And lions don't do that. Yeah. They like, you know, they like antelope and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd much rather have a nice tasty antelope than a fucking nasty, probably malnourished person, you know? Right. 
And uh, it was like this whole thing. They hired people to like find these lions and like hunt them down because they were just killing, massacring tons of people. And it turns out that these lions had like abscessed teeth and they couldn't go through the process of hunting and eating their normal fare because of like this infection or whatever. Hmm. And people are just like so much more soft, sinewy and more like pudding. Hmm, that's they, they were like starving to death. They just had to eat people because they had to. Oh we're the God. jello of the animal kingdom. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to eat us. They had to. Jesus. And then I think they killed them or whatever. I think that's how they found out. Wow. I'll have to look that up. That but that just incredible. made me think of that. That is really, really terrifying. Yeah. All right. So I, I, and they're not even enjoying it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> just, these people suck. I've got one more elephant, and then I'll touch especially on the something. Fi- especially the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, the finger. I'll touch on one, one something at the end okay. uh, that I think is is very relevant. Uh, the most famous ele- elephant death in America was not connected to the Circuit War. Topsy, nineteen o three, a twenty five year old elephant is noted as a not a great elephant. It's been in the circus for about twenty five years. <laughs> Can't fly or anything. Right, no, there's nothing. Uh, in nineteen o two, it killed a spectator. Mm. Or she killed a spectator and uh, sold to Coney Island's li- uh, Sea Lion Park in uh, in uh, 1903 or so. There's several incidents where some bad things happened. She had a drunken handler, and the pu- publicity hungry owners were like, "Well, we don't really like this uh, elephant, so why don't we just charge admission and kill her in front of everybody?" Oh my God! Now the ASPCA, which was around back then, uh, stopped the admission and said you can't charge people to come in here sure it has to be a private party mm. so instead uh. they invited guests and they decided on a more sure method of killing topsy they would strangle her with large ropes tied to a steam-powered winch while also poisoning her and electrocuting her jesus is this the same elephant electrocution used by thomas edison to prove that Nikola Tesla's alternating current was... Was that born. an elephant? I, I think that was another... Good God. Uh, yeah, but in, uh, I'm trying. I'm not trying to step on it like The elephant, elephant that was filmed being electrocuted to death is Topsy, uh, but is not part of the War of the Currents. Aha. Uh-huh. The Edison Film Company was on hand to film it, uh-huh. but they did not set it up. They filmed it because they then they put it in Nickelodeons all over the country so people could pay five cents to watch this to elephant. watch an elephant die. Jesus Christ. So they set up this whole contraption where they would drag her, she would cross a bridge, enter a lagoon where everything was set up to electrocute Jesus. Her. And as she starts walking across to the bridge, she obviously senses this is not ideal. And she stops, and they can't get her to move. They tried to feed her. She won't go. They they get her trainer, who loved her, to come over and bring her in, and he said no. And they said, well, even give you 25 bucks. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. So they said, all right, let's move all the equipment over here. So then they move all the equipment over to where she's standing. Copper pads are placed on her right forefoot and her left hind leg. They give her carrots with 460 grams of potassium cyanide. Ugh. The lethal human dose is 20 milligrams. Holy they shit. They give her 23,000 times the human dose of cyanide. Jesus. Then they run 6,000 volts through her. 600 is, a, is approximate for death of a human. Hmm. For 10 seconds, they run this through her. 
She falls to the ground, and just to make sure she's dead, they noose her for 10 minutes. Mm. The Edison Film Company films it and sells it. Elephant snuff. Pretty much. Dude, I mean, I can't believe that's... I mean, people were buying, like, the chance to see that. Well, I mean, John, I... Like we mentioned earlier, the ideas of Europeans and Jews and animals mm. were not animals and black people held in the same regard here. Mm. Yes. So if you had already seen pictures of black men being hung all over the place, mm. what's an elephant? Jesus. That is brutal. But I, this, is, this next part is something I had, I had never occurred to me. And I was reading uh, Sadarat Kadri's The Trial, and he touches on this at the end of this chapter. And he points out that from 1990 to 2014, the United States executed more people for crimes committed as juveniles than the rest of the world combined. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love it. In fact, in 1992, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, in order to get elected, flew home to Arkansas to sign the death warrant for Ricky Ray Rector, a double murderer. Ricky Ray was so mentally incompetent that the pecan pie he was eating at his last meal, he tried to put it in his pocket so he could eat it later. Oh, yikes. Yeah. 2002, Atkins, versus Virginia, Atkins v. Virginia, the U.S. Supreme Court rules that executing a mentally incompetent defendant was against the law. They ruled 6-3. In 2003, Arkansas got around this by giving medication to a mentally incompetent person until they realized they were going to be killed. So then they killed them. They gave him, like, smart drugs? Mm-hmm. A bunch of Adderall? They medicated like... him enough to be aware that uh, he would die. And then, therefore, uh, it was ruled by a, a, a court that it was not that he was not mentally incompetent. Man. We love, um, you know, the idea of punishment. Yeah. And people realizing, to their horror, that they're about to be executed. Mm. And here's a quote from one of the dissenters of that ruling... The ruling that said we should not execute mentally handicapped people. Justice Antonin Scalia. Oh, great. One of our noted great thinkers. You know, the originalist when it suited him. Mm-hmm. Antonin Scalia writing in dissent of that ruling. This his, his writing was joined by Chief Justice Rehnquist and Clarence Thomas, also noted thinker. Uh, progressive. Scalia writes, and I quote, Society's moral outrage sometimes demands executions of retarded offenders. By what principle of law, science, or logic can the court pronounce that this is wrong? There is none. Hmm. Scalia, the noted thinker, could not think of one reason from law, science, or logic that says we should not kill mentally incompetent people. Yeah. Yeah, he was something special. He was a thinker, that man. Yeah. And so that's how... Maybe because he didn't want to be executed himself. (laughs) There's that. Yeah. And that's how we wonder, are we really that far away from executing... Yeah, I mean... No, in this country, country we... uh, I mean, we we really pioneered the idea of just eugenics. Mm-hmm. In this country, mm-hmm. we, like, that's not that far ago. No, that long ago. no, not at I mean, all. mandatory sterilization. Charles Murray is still popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the just, I mean, 
even with the greatest boogeyman of, of, of America, you know, the the idea of going to see somebody die is still to me like I mean, I don't care if it's, you know, Gacy or whatever, you know, yeah. or, or any of those like horrible, horrible people, but just the idea of like I need to go and watch yeah. a murder Yeah to get some closure yeah, or something. Like, yeah. what? What? You know, um there's a part of me that thinks like, you know, we have this you know <laughs> I think like people, morbid I think, curiosity is one thing. That's yeah. the part that makes you want to look at like a car crash or whatever. That's right. That's right. part of seeing the fragility of life. Yeah, and, and I, I think we were we were more exposed to that than we are now, as a, as a species. Sure. I think you you know you were exposed to more dying or dead people, or just or the act of dying. Yeah, for sure. Oh, more like than, back in the day, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also there was probably something to seeing that that might actually be good for the yeah. human. Yeah. Spirit, yeah, it kind of removes the taboo and the fear of it. Like, oh, people die all the time. Yeah, and also that's reminding gonna ha- that's you, gonna like, to me. hey, have your shit together and yeah. try not to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Life, like, life hack: don't die. Life hack: don't die for real. You know, like there was like, I mean, I but, but I felt... also life hack: realize you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, but I remember feeling that way as a kid, like when I like, you know, I saw like a like a terrible traffic accident or like went to my first funeral or whatever. I was just kind of like, this is like kind of the most unknown like when you're a child death is so unthinkable oh it's uh, it's complete compl- I remember the first time my grandfather told me that people die every day yeah I was like that can't be true at all I'm, I'm, like, here, I'm here now hey, I don't know anybody that ever died <laughs> yeah exactly I'm fucking six years old what are you joking me yeah. you know but yeah. like you know like so that's the reason why you have that curiosity for it yeah you know did everybody say about the the uh the uh, animal uh, brutal justice that happened when I was a young boy. Brutal animal justice. Yeah, this was kind of like like you know like like a like a like a like a like a, like a, a vigilante justice against animals on my behalf that happened when I was a, a little boy. I uh, my my father was cutting down uh, to to give us a bigger yard. He was cutting down all the trees in the backyard and uh, like digging up the stumps and stuff. And me and my brother would hang out with him. I was a very small boy. And I was, we would hang out and talk to him. My dad was, you know, he had the axe and the shovel and shit. And he was and, like, "Shut up, I'm, I'm doing something for you." <laughs> no, no, no. He was, I mean, like, you know, he was like, you know, cool. Like, it was like his. This is what he did after work. Right. Was start axing and shoveling shit. I was like, what a lunatic. So of course we wanted to bother him, you know. <laughs> and uh, I sat down on a tree he had, you know, cut down, and uh, there was a wasp nest on it. And uh, I sat right on it, Oof. and oh. it was just like a cloud enveloped me, and uh, and they were stinging the living shit out of me. My brother booked it so fast, <laughs> so fast, um, he was sting-free. My dad, who was, like, trying to help me out, he got, like, two stings. I got, like, 42 stings. Jeez. Jesus Christ, yeah, John. I got really, wasps. really fucked up. Yeah, wasps. So they don't even die. They just keep stinging you and being like, fuck you, fuck you, how could you, the yeah. queen, et cetera, yeah. you know? Et cetera, yes. Uh, but up the street was a, a, a local character by the name of Mike Masana, right? And Mike Masana heard about how bad I got fucked up. You know, I was like laid up for a couple of days, and he was like a he was like a fifth grade kid on the bus, and I was like a first grade kid. But he was like nice to me, and he came by with his uh, baseball bat, his Louisville Slugger, and he was like, "Don't worry, John, I'll get him for you." Right? <laughs> so he goes an... <laughs> he goes back to the nest of wasps, and he fucking he lays the hammer down. 
And once again. <laughs> so is this your argument for eugenics? <laughs> no, no, no. This is my story about animal trials gone awry yeah, yeah, by yeah. humans. Yeah, you, know? you should have used a tennis racket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have like lawyers present and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. this was not smart. You got to issue a summons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got to serve those that <laughs> hive. So my dad is inside the house, like dead asleep from a beer nap. You know what I mean? Like in fucking tidy whities Like, and he wakes up to Mike Masano like bursting in the door. Going, get him off me! (laughs) (laughs) Whirling around his head, just stinging the living fuck out of him, you know. But he did it on my behalf, which was very, very nice. nice. You know, you need a. a, But that's like you know, that's like Nancy Kerrigan justice. You got, you can't do that. You gotta get him. You know, you gotta. Got to get a lawyer. You got to have a judge present. (laughs) Like a civilized human being. Yes. 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 Matt, that was really great, man. Thanks, Jack. You too. I really, really loved that a lot. Yeah, Um, I love tales. I've never, ever heard the likes of which Mm -hmm. is uh, one of the best things I can say about anything. Yeah. And I've never heard the likes of that insanity. I I, I was looked up the, you know, Topsy, because I was going to do something Mm -hmm. with the War of the Currents, and I was like, oh, it's not related. Oh, wait, there's another elephant? Oh, wait, there's... Trial, trial, trial. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah, it, it came out of everything and nothing. That is very, very brilliant. That was great. I love it. Um, very soon here we're going to have uh, 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 the godfather of the show, Joe Latchett, coming on to join us for a profile. Hell yeah. Joe's going to visit California. Very, very exciting. Bring it on, Joe. Um, for now, I think uh, we're going to say goodnight. Yeah. I love you. My name's John Fahey. I like you guys a lot. Maybe I love you. Mm. My name's Aaron Peter. Thanks for listening. Matt Brousseau. Good night, guys.